14 podcast and folks we asked for transactions and boy did we get them boy did we get transactions this week avery called it avery's in california let's go into that first how's cali buddy yeah i got a california problem man i fucking love it here um i don't blame shohei at all i i i can't and if you play for the padres i think you're you're a lucky person because this this area rocks there's nothing more to it so you're in san diego right now yeah, we're in San Diego. We went to Holiday Bowl, USC Louisville at Petco on Tuesday. I don't even know what day it is. I'm on vacation. Tuesday. At, at, or what? Yeah. No, Wednesday. Wednesday you went. Sorry. That Wednesday, was Wednesday. Wednesday we went. So that was sick. Uh, went out after on the town. Saying my Our boss obviously lives. He's like 30 minutes north. So we went to his town last night too. And it's just, he lives on the ocean and the sunset on the ocean just every day. I don't know why he comes back to Canada as often as he does. Because I would never. The I life, would fucking never. The life he lives in San Diego area, like he's in Del Mar, is incredible. Like what a, what a place. And so we met some guy that we knew from Twitter as well, Mush. Someone you know from Twitter, yeah. but hadn't met him. Yeah. Showed us showed us the town before, and yeah, it's enjoyable. I think I'm more of a San Diego person than L.A., no doubt. Yeah, I think everyone would say that. But um, speaking about that, though, uh, you, you are correct in, in terms of just like uh, I, I don't know why like even baseball players even contemplate even coming to Toronto. I know, obviously, the weather's not even anywhere on the same stratosphere. Like, no. And I'm not being mean to Toronto. It's just like San Diego, Musgrove sends me pictures sometimes of it. It looks fucking insane. Like it just looks like the most beautiful place on the planet. Like I don't know why anyone would not want to play in San Diego. I I wore shorts and a t-shirt on December twenty eighth. Wild, absolutely wild shit. <clears throat> but where were uh, where were you when you uh, heard out of, heard about the uh, IKF news? Where were you at? I think I was just laying in bed. The time change sucks. I hate it. The fact you're out that- on time change. The the fact that I no because we're recording this at eight a.m. here I had to set my alarm for seven thirty to do it because I got an I know I thought you had stuff to do at noon it's just like ah no wonder Jr's out man he can't keep his time right that's fair that's fair we do record but at night I, though, uh, whatever uh, yeah I think well, I was we do just, record at night though I think I was just chilling in the in our hotel room and Isaiah Kiner Falefa is a Toronto goddamn Blue Jay <laughs> it is funny uh, because. Literally everyone on Twitter kind of called it. I know YJ's uh, called it. Uh, Doctor Internet called it as well. I believe he said a tweet about it. Everyone called it. I had a tweet um, about IKF signing with the Jays too. Yeah, yeah, you did. You did as well. But let's go signing by signing here. So the first signing was December 26th on Boxing Day. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer is back with the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll go into each signing individually, and then we'll like discuss like the direction of the team and stuff like that. But um, I don't hate the signing. I really don't. Uh, obviously, he's was insane last year in the outfield. Gold glove winner. Wasn't even really that bad of a hitter. I guess maybe towards the end of the year he was bad. But I do like the Kevin Kiermaier signing solely based on the fact that, fuck it, we still got a really good defensive outfield. It's just, it's weird, Avery, that they didn't want to give Varsho the reins to center field full time. That's the weird part. Yeah, I tweeted that too, but then it's like you don't give a range to a guy and you're just giving the range back to someone who won a goal glove in center field. It's not like you're giving it to George Springer going back to play center field. So as much as as much as it I did think that was interesting because I thought Varsho, and again, if you're 
baseball teams aren't looking at war during their season. They're looking at how many wins they have as a team. Again, Varsho is going to be less valuable in left field, but he was the best defender in baseball anywhere he played. So you can move him around and you'll be fine as well. So again, did find that interesting. The thing that's going to make Dalton Varsho more valuable is if he can hit. And Kevin Kiermaier showed that he could hit a little bit last year. So do I hate the signing? No. Um, I'm still interested as to the pieces they can make because they did. I thought they handicapped their offensive output with Kiermaier being back because we kind of know what he is, right? Varsho, we also kind of know what he is, but the ceiling's way higher. He's a guy who can hit 25 home runs. Done well, we saw we saw the worst year of his career last year, right? I mean, and, like, yeah. I, I keep telling that to myself. It can't get worse. Obviously, it can, but. There is no way Dalton Varsho is as dog shit as he was last year. There's no way. I, I refuse to believe it at the play. I refuse, refuse, refuse to believe it. Um, but like, the thing you have is, to think, man, you have to think our three uh, biggest upgrades without spending money are Varsho being not dog shit at the plate, Vladdy becoming somewhat of 2021 self, and then Kirk becoming 2022 Kirk. Yeah. There's a lot of upgrades we could have solely based off of internal factors like you like you just mentioned. I mean, um, the weirdest part about this is, is I would have preferred they kept Varsho in center, who's obviously a real, you're not losing a defensive step having him in center, and get a corner bat that could fucking hit. Like, if you look at this outfield right now, just solely based off of what we saw from last year, this is a very noodle bat-like outfield. George Springer was dog shit last year. I'll say it. He sucked last year. Um, Varsho, we know what he was at the plate last year. He sucked. Kevin Kiermaier, 265. There's no power bats in the outfield. Like, not one. You no. know? Like, there's not a bat that's just strictly hitting. I understand we're focusing on defense, but it's like, fuck. I just want to... like. I just want a corner outfielder that's okay defense, but just fucking rakes. And we don't have that. We don't even have a guy that really rakes besides Bo Bichette right now on this team, to be honest, Avery. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I am excited about having him back is it takes away some of the what you thought regression might be for some of the arms, just having a great outfield again. Because they run everything down. It's great. And say you put in a shit bum and left who can't field, but he can hit. You make up for it in different ways. Um, but, yeah. I mean, that hurts the, definitely the pitcher's number. So I'm excited to have the great outfield defense that we saw last year back. And I don't know, Kiermaier, he seems like an awesome guy. He loves Toronto. It's like when you see people say that about the city, I know I said San Diego's awesome before. Not everyone can go play for the Padres, though. There's only a certain amount of roster spots available for that. Um, like someone being that excited to play in Canada is great for the team, man, because it, it does rock being there when the fans show up. Um, so him being so, so willing to sign with the Blue Jays again, I guess because – didn't he claim he didn't really have many other offers? Yeah, other he teams? claimed he had no other offers. So <laughs> maybe a bad bargaining tool, but <laughs> yeah, not the greatest bargaining tool of all time. But yeah, it's just Avery. It's just I, I'm trying to talk myself into this being okay for this team. And it's it is de obviously it's definitely not bad for like, yeah, yeah. Like the team doesn't get worse. Um, absolutely. Doing this. Like, no. you know, like, no, but it's. So these two moves as a fan of the team are the most boring way to start an offseason where we thought big moves could happen, right? Uh, the, the IKF one's interesting because now, and this is, sorry, this is uh, this is the weird part of this IKF signing. Yankee fans wanted him dead a year ago. 
Now they're trying to talk 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 to Jays fans like, oh, you guys are gonna love IKF. We're gonna miss him. <laughs> what what are we talking about? But anyway, I don't want to go on IKF. I still want to talk. I still want to dissect this Kevin Kiermaier thing. Kevin Kiermaier didn't play every single game last year. Obviously, he wasn't in the lineup against lefties, which means that that left field spot is going to be open a decent amount of times this year. So I truly do think there is a JD Martinez in the mix. Uh, a I don't think I don't think they're in on Solaire anymore, but there could be a Solaire in the mix or uh, stuff like that. But where are you at with this, Xavier? Because obviously Kevin Kiermaier is getting older, and he's not going to play every single day, especially with how injury prone he has been the past couple of years. I know not last year he wasn't really injured that much, but well, apparently he said he thought about retiring because he had a foot injury at some point last year. Yeah. Yes. So that yeah, that's not exactly great for him. Yeah. No, I get that. It's just. My thing with this is is the Kevin holy shit. Ke- what? Oh, I was just looking at Varsho. I forgot all the bunt hits um, Varsho had against lefties. I was trying to look at like the platoon rates for next year, but Varsho hit two ninety two against lefties. But that's he had uh, thirty one hits. Twenty three of them were singles against lefties, and you have to think seven or eight of them were bunt hits. Oh, a lot of them were. Yeah, he I was t- a bunt merchant last year. I know. But- I, you totally forget about that when you start looking at numbers, and then you remember how how the games actually went. Yeah. No, exactly. exactly. But so this is- on on those, it's it's so interesting. Like JD Martinez won't play the field, so yeah, I know he won't play the field. So that's like a DH type of role. I I don't know what's looming here. Ross is cooking something, and I will say this. This is for the people. There was a guy, Nathan, I believe it is, who's in our YouTube comments saying, are you going to stop talking about Ross Atkins? Shut the fuck up. We can't judge this offseason in fucking December, dude. (laughs) If this is the roster that is going into spring training in February, sure, give Ross hell. Make Ross's life hell. Say he's a bum. Say fire him fine. This isn't going to be the final roster. We are in December 29th right now. We're on December 29th. This is not the final roster. Wait to evaluate the offseason when the offseason is over. Like, am I taking crazy pills? Why are people wanting Ross's head on December 29th? There's still shit that that is obviously going to happen. That might be your most level-headed take you've had. Like, no shit. It's like people who want to say the Varsho trade's done after one year, too. You have to to wait, man. He's starting to cook something. If this is... if this is the final meal, sure, we can have some different thoughts, but there's some there's roast some his ass, here. obviously. Like if if Ross Atkins, who is fighting for his job with the lack of playoff success, when his nuts have to be on the table, only gets you IKF, he should be fucking fired. <laughs> like, obviously, but it's not it's December 30th. There's still a shit ton of free agents. There's still a shit ton of tradable pieces that teams want to trade. Obviously, like we're talking about it like we're we're in March right now. We still have fucking two months till pitchers report or I guess a month and a half now, which is still kind of crazy to even say. Um, But yeah, like what are we doing, Avery? It's crazy to me that there's people that are still saying I'll fire Ross, fire Ross. It's not done yet. He's cooking something and I want them to keep the same energy when a trade is made. I do. Yeah, that'll be the fun part. That's what we're waiting for now, because again, uh, YJ is saying this in our chat that not a lot of the hitters are signing for the money we thought they would sign for, which is yes. interesting. Sorry. Um, so again, less term, less money. 
they're not as coveted free agents as we thought they were the bats, right? Um, yeah, well, it's a bad market right now. There's 100%. not really any good bats. So I think the trade market is something that's coming. An Espinal trade, I mean, it's not going to get you anything great in return probably, but there's an Espinal trade to be made. An I Espinal think. trade with a prospect attached to it, I think, does it get you a decent bat. Yeah. Like an Espinal Barger or an Espinal Roden or an Espinal. I know fucking the losers, prospect huggers aren't going to want Roden traded, but I want him gone. Um, the Espinal. You want, you want every prospect gone. That is fair. I just hate prospects. I just want big league talent that's ready right now to win right now. I'm tired of waiting for people. I, w- I, I waited for Nate Pearson. I thought he was the second coming of Christ. He's now a Walmart employee. So, um, yeah, no, no, no respect to Walmart employees, though, obviously. But, yeah, just my thing with that is the Kevin Kiermaier signing to end it with this. You can't make your team worse signing a gold glover that had a pretty decent offensive year last year. I think he had 265, like I said earlier. Like, you can't make your team worse doing that. So, congratulations to Kevin Kiermaier. I like this signing, obviously. Um, I'm glad he's back. Locker room guy, everyone. Every single human being I have talked to that played with Kevin Kiermaier loves him. Cannot stop talking about how great of a guy he is. So, when you can make a signing like that for a locker room guy like that, I don't see a problem in it. So I, I like the signing. Do you have any last thoughts on that, Avery? No. Um, yeah, I think 100%. guy that they want back, a guy who's going to be top of the league in defense in the outfield at a premium position, it's, it's fine business. It's totally fine business. I like it. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's go on to the next one. <laughs> uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is a Toronto Blue Jay. Uh, my immediate reaction was what the fuck dude, uh, now looking at it and I guess getting talked off the ledge a little bit, uh, he is probably going to fill in, in the Whit Merrifield role and do the Whit Merrifield role defensively substantially better. Right. Yeah. Is that where you're at with that Avery? Yeah, it seems seems like it because the bat isn't going to be great um, from what everything we've seen, but yeah. he is an elite defender at multiple positions. Yes. And if he's the starting third baseman, maybe we have some questions, but the Merrifield role, um, yeah, let's look at his lefty stats because that seems to be where... Well, I already got the spin zones ready for IKF. Uh, he hit 291 in uh, day games. Oh, well, he hit worse uh, no, in left. night games. He had 291 in night games. Uh, so Jason's got to maybe close the dome a little bit. Maybe he can't see well in the sun. He hit uh, 15 points lower on the road than home because Yankee fans hated him. Okay. That's so fair maybe, if, maybe if we get behind IKF, it's time we get we give IKF the Kikuchi treatment from last year. Yeah. I'm not saying we do an IKF corner, obviously, but um, I mean... This guy did show certain glimpses of being a decent hitter last year. I'm not going to say a good hitter, but in June, he had 275. Uh, July, 292. Like, he had a little stretch here where he was one of the best hitters on the Yankees, obviously, because Judge was out. Uh, I think he was out at the time. I'm not sure. But he yeah, had I saw a that Sean Casey. There. Sean Casey said he was, he was a great bat, and I guess he was the Yankees hitting coach, so you got to give him some benefit of the doubt that he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking here for a spin zone. IKF in night games, 291 average, 413 slug, 762 on OPS. I got Not one great, here. But... 
IKF okay. lives for the bright lights. He hit 321 in high leverage situations last year. Which is something the Jays lock. Listen, he is going to fill in in this Wilt Whit Merrifield role. Obviously be a substantially worse hitter than what Merrifield was in this role. Um, but the thing about IKF is, and obviously we saw it with Sean Casey. We see it with Yankee fans now that are just obviously all in love with him all of a sudden. He seems like the type of guy that you want to go to battle with. He seems like a guy, and he said this in the quote, I don't care where I'm playing. I don't care what I'm doing. I just want to be involved with the team. Uh, he seems like a guy that everyone's going to rally around and get behind and that Toronto fans will love. I I don't hate the signing in terms of if he's going to be a, like a bench slash like utility piece. If he's starting at third opening day, though, I, I, I can't I can't I can't do it. I, I'll be honest. With you, I can't do it. Avery. I think it would only happen if they're facing a lefty. I'm looking at Whit Merrifield numbers. He hasn't been good since 2020, really. So the IKF thing isn't that crazy of a downgrade with the bat, I don't think. Yeah. So that's fair. It still is a little <laughs> bit of a downgrade. For, uh, for me, the IKF thing is, again, great defense. The bat's not going to play that much. Um, and it's the platoon thing. But I think when we make the deal before there's a trade for – one of those middle infield pieces, it makes no sense. It's like, why would Santiago Espinal and uh, IKF be on the same team? They are pretty much close to the same player when they play the infield. IKF obviously can play outfield position, so they are different. But as a bat, why in the world would you want IKF and Espinal on the same roster? Yeah, I, I think I think Ross Atkins knows something's cooking here to do this IKF signing. Obviously, he wouldn't pull the trigger on this uh, if he didn't think there was something in the wings or whatever it is, something in the future coming up here. It's just a very strange, very weird signing because the Jays kind of have an IKF and Cavan Biggio, a better IKF, the a better IKF, right, Avery? I mean, Cavan Biggio plays every position that I, IKF does. Um, and is a pretty good bat that gets on base. I mean, I just don't know the, I trying to wrap my head around understanding the signing it right now. It doesn't really make sense besides the fact of the Whit Merrifield role, which is something that Kevin Biggio can do better than IKF. Yeah. So left-handed and right-handed hitters though. So that's the only thing that's, that's different. Um, I'm seeing here, the Jays just officially, Posted the IKF signing, 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. there. Three-time team heart and hustle award recipient. So you're getting a guy hard on his sleeve. And Jay's doing more of that. No, and honestly, man, I'm not trying to sound like an old head with that. When you have guys like Vladdy that fuck around, uh, that obviously we saw in the wild card game, IKF playing his ass off does kind of send a message and does help the team, obviously, when guys see a guy like I can have work his fucking bag off. Um, it just, it's weird. I, I guess it's the, the reason why I have weird feelings about this signing is because nothing else has happened besides it. I guess the the Kiermaier signing, but this is pretty much all that's happened, which is, uh, it leaves a weird taste in my mouth. If we knew a trade was happening, if there was a source that was saying the Jays are working on a pretty big trade right now, I'd be fine and be able to boil over into the new year. But, this is all we have right now to really talk about the New Year's. The Jays have gotten IKF, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a big win situation for us creating content around the <laughs> Toronto Blue Jays, but it's something. 
Um, so where do you think let's go into maybe the trade? I'm fine with IKF as long as there's a bigger piece being made. Yeah. What's the trade? See, the thing is now is this Jays team is going for the Gold Glove Dynasty, the Team Gold Glove Dynasty. <laughs> I think now Ross just gets a dog shit fielder that rakes, right? And plays what position? Left, maybe third. I, okay. I don't know. Like the Jays still don't have a the Jays still don't have a third baseman or a DH, right? Yeah. Um. I think Ross pulls a rabbit out of his hat and does some crazy ass Matt Chapman ass trade that no one saw coming. I really do. No one saw that Matt Chapman trade coming and he trade for for a fucking platinum gold glover or a platinum glover, sorry. Um there's something that is going to happen. Obviously. Is it it's for a DH or a third baseman in my mind. That is it. I do not think he pulls a trigger on another outfielder. Maybe he does. That's a dog shit fielder that can also play DH. That's primarily a DH. But I do think Ross Atkins does some fucking bananas trade here coming up. Okay. And I think it I think it's gonna be a big league pitcher that gets traded on this team. Interesting. And I think the only name is a Yusei Kikuchi. Okay. Uh, like a, I, a Yusei I... Kikuchi, Espinal, and then a prospect for a player package. I do think that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, that, that seems like the most likely guys to be moved. I don't know what that gets you. I don't think it gets you the player that we're totally hoping for, but it depends what process we put in there. Uh, can I interest you in little Willie Adamas playing third base for the Toronto Blue Jays at some point? Was he a good third? Was is he a really good fielder? He is a great fielder. What about hitting? He should probably play fucking shortstop. For being honest, <laughs> what about feet? What about hitting? Uh, he hits fucking bombs. Last three years, twenty-five home runs, thirty-one home runs, twenty-four home runs. Uh, dude, Willie Adamas moves the needle for me. Like that pod after the Willie Adamas signing would be or trade would be electric. I just don't know if the Toronto Blue Jays have the pieces to make a trade like that. They don't. Well, they're trying to sell. The Brewers are trying to sell. They're in get all our good players away, get some assets, rebuild mode. I think they. Sh- I don't know if they should be. But, but who? But who? Okay, who? Who would headline that package for the Blue Jays? You think? Because it can't be you say. Obviously, because no, it's a, it's pro it's prospects for that. So, like, we're talking Roden, we're talking sure. Barger, yeah. Like, it, Ricky doesn't need to be involved in that deal. I want Ricky. Okay, never mind. I no, do it. Ricky we we should talk about it. Okay. I. You don't what, actually okay. want you. This is the thing. You don't want Ricky Tiedemann traded. You. I want, just want good players now. Exactly. You want a big splash to be made to get excited for this season. Yes. Yes. And the thing is, is like I said, and Jays fans, we all have PTSD with this. TJ Zoic was a big pitching prospect of the Toronto Blue Jays. Where's he at now? Um, Nate Pearson was a massive top three prospect, I believe, in baseball at one point. And we thought he was the second coming of Christ. Shai Davidi, for fuck's sake, tweeted, give him all the money. Um I just have PTSD with pitching prospects, okay? I'll say it. Alec Manoa was a fucking pitching prospect. Yeah, and you got top three in Cy Young voting. Okay, I get that. I get that. But if Ricky T can get you a Luis Robert, are you fucking kidding me? You have to do that trade. Like, you, you, you'd you, be dumb not to do that trade, Avery. Come on, bro. Yeah, I'm kind of... I'm, I'm not... He's untouchable still. 
Like there is pieces that you can give Ricky up for. I think his upside is immense, man. He's got three pitches that are fucking great. He's a <laughs> left-handed look. arm. We see, yeah. is he traditional in the way he can throw three innings at a time? Absolutely not. He's a young arm too. But we saw some guy who I think he has better control than Blake Snell probably. Punches tickets like it's no one's fucking bit. He strikes out so many goddamn people. He really does. That you can't he even. Really does. I I see it there. Like, and he still keeps pitching as well. And he doesn't play as often. People are still going to be intrigued of what he has to offer. Um, the injuries are concerning. Like the workload going onto his shoulder and him being hurt those couple times. But I'm not re- I, like. I don't want to give him up for something that's not huge in return. You need an all-star caliber player going back if I want Ricky Tiedemann gone out of this system. Yeah. I want you to ask Bassett about Ricky T. No, I've talked about it with Bassett. I I don't think Bassett's quite familiar with him, to be honest with you. Yeah, true. Yeah, like I don't know. Bassett's only been here for a year, right? Yeah, and I guess he had luckily had no rehab stints where he would have gone down and seen him. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think Bassett's really familiar with Ricky T. But yeah, man, I, I don't know. I obviously why Jays talked me into another name here that the Jays could sign uh to play third. Justin Turner. I know we brought this up on the last podcast. Why He's how good... did he talk you into that? Well, he tweeted his zip project projections for next year. <laughs> um, this is a guy, obviously, man, that you just sign on a one year deal that fills the void that still can hit, man. He was I think he would have been one of the leaders in almost a shit ton or almost every offensive category for the Toronto Blue Jays last year. Yeah, he was great last year, man. And he like, doesn't let's look at Justin Turner's stats last year. Last year, Justin Turner, 276 average, 96 RBIs, 23 home runs, 800 OPS. He would have been the be- one of the best. He would have it would have been him, Bo, and Brandon Belt and David oh. Schneider. He didn't play a position team. like at all. What? He, he just didn't even play third, though. That was the problem. Where did he play? He just DH'd. Ah, okay. I think that's the issue with him. I can yeah, see how that's many, the issue. I can see how he many was good last year. Those numbers aren't anything to... I mean, those are better numbers than Vladdy, for Christ's sakes. And he's 30 years old, 35 years old, 38 years old, this guy. No, he's 39. He's an old 39? Man. Holy yeah, he's shit. <laughs> he's very old. That's uh, embarrassing for Vladdy. It really is. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to rag well, on Well, there's something to be said about... Um, being old and wise that maybe Vladdy could work his way into and settling down a little bit. That's fair. I, who do you want via trade? You said Willie Adamas, right? Yeah. Just cause he's younger. I, I have no idea who I want, man. Uh, like the guys I want are probably untouchable and like the Roberts, you'd never trade Jordan Walker, that type of player. I love, um, but yeah, 39 year old Justin Turner played seven games at third base last year. No errors. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> I just made that up. I just made that up. I I know, Avery, this is my thing, and I tweeted this. We've had back to back days with signings. Give me a trade. You know, I the, the signings are boring. Okay, I'll say it. Signings are boring as fuck. I want a trade that starts the discourse on social media. Oh, so we fleeced them. Yeah, they got fleeced. fleeced. (laughs) I love the fleece discussion. And a trade does that, not a signing. And I mean, I I don't know. This is this team still good on paper. I'm not quite sure, to be honest with you. Um, But 
there's nothing really to be excited about right now going on to next year. I know we're talking about next year's direction uh, with the Toronto Blue Jays. There really isn't anything to look at next year and be like, let's fucking go. I'm excited to see this. Maybe Ricky T call up Avery. I don't know, right? Like, what what are we excited for next year? Well, we're excited for this team to just win games that they lost by one run last year. So you're thinking an offense bounce back? Yeah. And it's not something that sells tickets to start the year. It doesn't, yeah, get people totally excited. But for people who love the team, I think you're ready to see Vlad turn into his old self. And that's, and is it going to happen? Probably fucking not. <laughs> I I I need a trade. But there's nothing that sells crazy amount of new tickets being done this offseason. A trade does. I truly do think like a Yelicher and Adamus really does. I think it packs the house. Not packs the house, I guess, but 2021 NL MVP coming over, you know? Yep. All right. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. But there's going to be some phantom ass trade he makes. I know it. We all know it. It'll be with a random ass team that we didn't even know the Jays had connections yeah, with. Yeah, Braxton Garrett's going to be a Toronto Blue Jay. Yeah, it'll be the most random fucking trade in the history of trades, and we're going to have to spin zone it. Uh, or it'll be a blockbuster fucking trade. And honestly, I think Ross, that's what he's cooking because his job could not be more on the line, especially with the signings. Like, if you're if you work for the board of Roger, if you work for the Roger Center board, right, and you're like, we were dog shit last year at hitting, like one of the worst hitting teams in baseball, and our GM only got IKF, like, right? I, I, it just it looks dumb. Maybe they're so, expecting IKF to have a career year, and he does, if he, maybe he gets in the Guillermo hitting lab, and we can get a weighted runs created plus over hundred. That would be awesome, but it's proje- I think he's projected for an eighty-eight. Yep. Um, not and when Merrifield was ninety-three last year. Yeah, A's a younger guy. It just we, <laughs> I keep forgetting, because I keep thinking we have IKF for a year. We have him for two years. <laughs> you know, yeah, we have him for two years. But yeah, well, anyways, the fact man, that he was one of the more coveted free agents on the market supposedly was interesting. Yeah. We beat the Marlins. Suck it, Miami. Suck it, <laughs> cowards. We beat the Marlins. Um, but yeah, anyways, let's go into some New Year stuff. Obviously, Avery. I mean, uh, we'll reflect on twenty twenty three here. Obviously, like this is the, this was the year of Gate fourteen in terms of just like how crazy it blew up. Um, I still can't even wrap my head around it, dude. It's absolutely fucking insane. Alto sent us a picture yesterday of a Gate fourteen listener in fucking Costa Rica. Um, I know obviously it was a guy traveling, but just the fact that he was there is wild. But what a year it's been, man. Seriously. Like, like the, the Blue Jays players following us, like Bassett becoming really close with Bassett, like Swanee becoming close with Swanee, uh, Schneider, Ernie. Ernie like, yeah. like wh- what a year, dude. Like, how crazy is this? It's been insane, man. Yeah, it's been fun. Hey, you thought it would get to this. I never thought it would get to this. Just enjoyed doing it because why not talk about our favorite team? Um, yeah, it's been it's been an all time year, man. And it's not it's not gonna stop. Only better things will happen. But yeah, like hopefully an office next year, man, where we could do shit like where players can come to and we can do content with them and stuff like that next year. Um, there's tons of stuff here. There's tons of uh potential things that could be happening for the 2024. And obviously it's if, if it grows at the rate that it grew out this year, next year is gonna be even crazier. Um 
It's just I'm look like even looking at the numbers, Avery. It's just it's been fucking crazy the amount of downloads and the amount of views our YouTube's get and stuff like that compared to what it was last year. Like last year, we would we never break a thousand views on our YouTube's. Now we get that in the first fucking four hours. It's crazy, man. It really is. And obviously, I'm grateful for it. And it wouldn't be possible if we didn't have such diehard listeners, such diehard fans. And uh, obviously, we're not done yet. And I. The thing is, and I think this has to be made clear, we'll never change for shit. Like we, I know we talked about this, Avery, uh, the company that tried to split us up. I think the only way we do something with a company is if they they want us to do what we're good at doing and not wanting us to change. Because we know the listeners will be easily be able to sniff out if we're changing ourselves for a network or a brand deal or anything like that. We're trying to stay true to what gate 14 was built on. So I, I think that's yeah. the biggest thing we have to make clear for the people. Yeah. I think if they see us put on a suit to do anything, they'll know that things are, things are changing a little bit, but no, thanks to everyone who's listened all year. It's been, it's been an incredible year and on the big things of 2024. Uh, yeah. We'll be here every week with you guys. Yeah. We'll be grinding away every week, but anyways, man, have a, have a great new year, everyone. Uh, Let's get a transaction to start 2024. Fuck. Hopefully Avery's not in the air when this happens. But uh, yeah, let's get a transaction to start off 2024. We're going to have to start bringing our podcast equipment to the owner's box fucking thing so we can just start hammering some stuff out in case a trade happens. But yeah, we love you guys, man. Sports been crazy. What a year 2023 was. We're not done yet. 2024 is going to be even crazier. And uh, let's have ourselves a 2024 and a great new year and be responsible. Don't drink and drive. Don't be a fucking idiot. And uh, love you guys, man.